The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark from the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning is indeed from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses uh, 24 through 37, and it is found on page 1564 in your Pew Bible. Mark records, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came, and she fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek. She was born in Syrophoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And when he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home, and she found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre, and he went through uh, Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. And there some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. And after he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, and then he spit and he touched the man's tongue, and he looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh he said, Apathitha, which means be open. And at this, the man's ears were opened, and his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. And Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well. That's what they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today's gospel relates two miracles to each other. Jesus performed these miracles for people who could not speak for themselves. The first was a demon-possessed daughter, and then, of course, the second was a deaf man. In 
each case, someone had to intercede for the person that was afflicted. The first account focuses on the conversation between Jesus and the mother, the mother of the demon-possessed daughter. And the second account focuses on the earthly means through which Jesus gave hearing and speech to a deaf man. These two accounts have something else in common. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inspired Mark to include an itinerary of Jesus' travels. This helps us understand that Jesus met these two people in Gentile territory. Remember what a Gentile is? You is. I is. We are Gentiles, non-Jews. And Mark simply tells us that the woman who pleaded for her demon-possessed daughter was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth. The Syrophoenician um, scholars say are, are half Syrian and half Phoenician. And they were looked down upon by the Jews. Now since Jesus was in the region of the Decapolis, which is Ten cities, regions, ten cities. When he restored this man's hearing, it is likely that this man, the deaf man, the mute man, was a Gentile as well. And these two accounts show us that Jesus did not come to save only the Jews. He came to save the Gentiles as well. That's good news. There is much to be learned from the account of the woman who pleaded for her daughter. She wanted, or rather Jesus wanted her to learn more about the great gift of faith that she had received from the Holy Spirit. So he tested her. He said to her this, remember, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And with these words, Jesus not only tested her faith, but he gave insight to a very cruel attitude that many Jews had toward the Gentiles. It is very likely that some of the crowd agreed with Jesus' words. And they hoped that the woman would now be discouraged and just leave. These people did not know about the kind of faith that the Holy Spirit was supporting in this woman. And she was not going to give up. In fact, no, she said to Jesus, she said to God, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. With that, the Holy Spirit had created a very deep faith in this woman, and he continued to preserve it. And if the Lord said she was a dog, then she would take a dog's share of the Lord's blessing. She would be willing 
to take whatever crumbs the Lord sent her way. Have you ever heard the expression? I don't know if it's an expression, but I've heard it before, and that is, man, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd just as soon, or if the least I could be would be a footstool in heaven, that would be good enough. Or a doormat. You're in heaven. Of course, the Father doesn't relegate us to that. She was tested. Now, the second account, when Jesus drove out the, or excuse me, when Jesus drove out the uh, demon that possessed this woman's daughter, he was not just driving out a demon. What he was doing was he was opening salvation to people of every tribe, to people of every nation. And he demonstrated many of the barriers within this that we have in our own lives. He broke them down. He was saying that he was for all people at all times and in all places. Okay, story number two. Account number two. From our point of view, a deaf man is not as dramatic as a demon-possessed daughter. It's rather ho-hum. Even so, the man's inability to hear was still a result of sin in the world. The devil knows that the Holy Spirit plants faith by the Word of God as the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Romans 10, 17. He said, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So since the deaf cannot hear the proclamation of the word of Christ with their ears, they must see it with their eyes. And someone must make the proclamation of Christ's word visible for them. This is one of the many barriers that our sin places between us and God. Deafness, disease, blindness, hearing loss, being mute are parts of a sinful world. People are deaf for many reasons. Perhaps the ear itself does not detect sound or the nerves may not carry the signal from the ear to the brain or the brain itself may not process the signal properly. People may be born this way or they may become deaf due to injury or an illness any or all of these things may be the reason that someone is deaf. And the true tragedy for people who do not hear is not in those who are physically deaf, but it is in those who are spiritually deaf. Many people have physical hearing that is just fine, but they choose they choose not to hear God's message anyway. They have excuses. And those excuses vary as much as the people who give them. 
Some people think that they already know everything that God has to say to them. Others just don't care what God has to say. And still others may be afraid that they might discover that what they think God's word says is not actually what it says at all. They are afraid that they might discover that they don't agree with God's word. And there may be other excuses, but there are no good reasons to ignore God's word. Ultimately, spiritual deafness comes from the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. These forces of evil want to separate us from God's word so that they can separate us from God. Separate us from his word, we are on our way to be separating from him. They hope to destroy our faith and the faith of our children. Their weapon in this war is to keep us away from God's word and God's sacrament. And thankfully, God has promised that he will always provide faithful people to proclaim his word. Who are these people? Well, I'm looking at them right now in this sanctuary. You are those people. These people are like the friends in the account of the deaf man who brought him to Jesus. These people are like the mother who pleaded for her daughter who said even scraps from the Lord's table are valuable and precious. These people might be faithful parents who bring their children to baptism and then daily share the teachings of Christ as their children grow up. These people might be friends and associates who confess their faith as they live out their vocations in this world. The Holy Spirit works through parents. The Holy Spirit works through teachers, through friends, through neighbors, through associates, sometimes even a husband or a wife, to proclaim God's word and so bring people to Christ. Did you know that you all are doing that? You are. You may not even know it sometimes, but he's using you. There was a time when God worked through others to bring each of us to Christ. And as these people confessed their faith to us, Jesus' words worked in us as they did with the demon-possessed daughter and the deaf man. In the case of the demon-possessed girl, a simple word from Jesus drove the demons from her. And in the case of the deaf man, Jesus combined his word with his fingers and spit. And he stuck his fingers in the man's ears and he touched his tongue with his finger. And the man received hearing. And the man received speech from the word incarnate. Now for us, God places his word in our ears Sometimes pastor takes a longer time to place those those words in your ears. (laughs) I saw that, Daryl. 
He touches us in holy baptism. And he continues to keep us in our baptisms as we confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. He actually comes to us, and he will today, with his own body and blood that are given in the bread and the wine of his supper. God uses these means to give us forgiveness, to give us life, to give us salvation. And these and these alone are the means through which the Holy Spirit bestows Christ's gifts on us. The Holy Spirit uses these means because these means all connect us to the cross. We're connected. The cross happened almost 2,000 years ago, over 6,000 miles away from here. And we cannot surmount the barrier of time or culture that separate us from that cross, nor can we break down the barrier of our own sinful nature. And just as Jesus broke down the barriers of culture and communication in today's gospel, you remember he spoke to a dog, a non-Jew, a Gentile. So God breaks down the other barriers that stand between us and God. The Holy Spirit uses these external means of word and sacrament to transcend these barriers so that the benefits of the cross and the empty tomb can be ours. The Holy Spirit eliminates barriers with the word and tells us of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. Simply put, Christ and him crucified. And as the Holy Spirit works through the word, we learn that our sin separates us from God. We're like the inside of a diaper genie. Remember that one? That was a doozy. But that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that's what takes away our sins. We don't give our hearts to Jesus, right? He takes our heart and he crucifies it on that cross. And he gives us a new heart. We learn that his resurrection from the dead opens up the way to everlasting life. And through the word, Christ reveals himself to us in that revelation. He also reveals the Father and the Holy Spirit. And he shows us God's salvation. And the Holy Spirit uses this knowledge to make that salvation personal. Personal. Take and eat his body. Take and drink his blood. Personal gift right to you. It's a gift of faith. And when the Holy Spirit joins the word to the water of our baptism, he joins us to Christ in that crucifixion so that the price he paid for sin is credited to us. And by joining us to the death of Christ, the Holy Spirit also joins us to his resurrection. We become brothers of Christ and sons of God. And we have the right and the privilege to come before God, to confess our sins, and to receive the enduring comfort 
of the forgiveness of sins. We become heirs, heirs to eternal life in heaven by what he did. And when the Holy Spirit joins the word to the bread and the wine, Jesus himself comes to us in the body that he gave for us and in the blood that he shed for us. And as we take him into our mouths, he feeds our souls. He strengthens our faith in him. He has promised us that this sacrament is ours for the forgiveness of sins. And with the forgiveness of sins comes life and salvation. And through these means, the Holy Spirit brings forgiveness. He brings life and salvation directly from the cross to us. And without these means, we would have no faith. We would have no forgiveness. We would have no salvation. And our eternity would be more terrifying than any of us could possibly imagine. Now how thankful, how thankful we can be that the Holy Spirit works through God's people to administer these means. And as the Holy Spirit inspired Isaiah to say in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. God's process for sustaining Christ's church in this world is just simply amazing. Just as a mother pleaded for her daughter, just as friends brought a deaf and mute man to Jesus, so also God works through his people to bring his word into our lives. He brings this word to our ears. He uses the wet word of holy baptism to join us to Christ. And then the word made flesh comes to us in the bread and the wine of the Lord's table. And the Holy Spirit works through this work, word to work faith in us and bring us into the church. And as the Holy Spirit sustains us in one true faith, he sends us into the world to confess that faith. He can, we confess the faith that he has given to us so that this way, his word is spread throughout the world. And as we confess, as we confess, as you confess your faith to family, to friends, to associates, and all the people in our lives, he has promised to use our confession to bring others before Christ for healing. The healing that produces faith, the healing that delivers forgiveness. And in this, this kind of crazy way, 
Jesus has promised that his message will travel through the entire world and that his church will grow. And in this way, he will bring many from all over the world into heaven to live with him forever. This is his promise. This is his message. In the name of Jesus, amen.